Blog Talk Radio. Live from Washington, D.C., it's quintessential listening. Poetry Online Radio. QLPOR, as it's widely known, features a bevy of poets, spoken word artists, and live poetry readings with best-selling authors. Your host is Dr. Michael Anthony Ingram. Good evening, everyone. Tonight, a very special program. Kevin M. Hitchman and John Patrick Robbins are here to read from their acclaimed new book of poetry and short stories, The Mirror, Mass Nothing available on Amazon.com. I'd like to welcome you guys to the program. Kevin and John, good evening. How are you? Hello. Fine. Oh, nice yeah, to man. be here again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm glad you're here, too. <laughs> I'm already happy. <laughs> already happy. <laughs> now, what I want to know, I want to talk about this project. I want to talk about this project. And as I said, this is the Saturday Night Poetry and Short Story Special Actually, I want to say this before we begin. It's the first of its kind on this platform. (laughs) (laughs) It is the first of its kind. So what I'd like to know from the two of you as we begin this journey tonight, tell me about the inspiration for the book as well as the concept for the chapbook being split. Okay. Um, all right. I'll start off really quick. Um, I think it was John's idea, if I remember correctly. He uh, he said something about. Um, I know we were both tossing the idea back and forth. Let's do something together uh, because mm. we we connect we connect so well as uh, as brother poets, and, and uh, we we really wanted to do something together. So I think he came up, John came up with the idea, let's just do a, a chapbook and, and it'll be like two, like he said earlier, two books in one, two writers for the price of one, you know, a great deal. And it gave us a great way to, um, to promote the press and to, to promote ourselves. You know, uh, it just seemed like a great idea. And then it just worked out that our stuff, our work just really complemented uh, each other. You know, it wasn't, that wasn't a surprise, but um I think I am surprised at just how well it worked. Mm, yeah. All right. And you, John, what are your thoughts? Yeah, it, it was um, it, it, with me at least, because I know we had mentioned that I always start, how I always pitch stuff, even that any of the writers at the press is usually I just start with a cover and a title. It's usually how I get them. So, <laughs> so I wish I had a real complicated <laughs> process, but you know, Kevin said it best is pretty much how it went. And, we wanted to do something, and uh, it was uh, it wasn't really surprising. It just it was it was really awesome the way it uh, flowed and uh, came together. Right. Very very proud of this book. Very nice, very nice. Someone please tell me about Whiskey City Press. I want to know all about it. I'll go ahead, John. Okay, yeah, I was going to say uh, Whiskey City Press. Well. Whiskey City Press is basically where the lunatics run the asylum. And, um, okay. you know, being I'm the head one, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you, you know, we, I, I kind of, at least in, in short, uh, we had had, I'd had some bad experiences with other places. 
just decided to everybody kind of looked at me like, hey, you, why don't you run it? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that's a great idea. And, you know, it all started with a logo. Again, it's like a cover. started with a logo mm-hmm. and then just uh, wanted to get some like-minded writers together. And, uh, you know, now I would say the group we have now is like a family. So, you know, with Kevin, Scott, and you know Scott, I'm sure he'll call in at some point. <laughs> all right. All right. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> All right. Mm. Other thoughts about Whiskey Press, what makes it unique? Kevin, you can answer that one. (laughs) Okay. Uh, What makes it unique is that I think that John's vision for it is to – he wants to feature writers and poets that are living authentic lives. And usually that means Mm. people that are on the fringes or on the edge of society in some or many ways. Mm -hmm. Uh, And – I think he's he's like myself in the, that we want our work to have impact. Uh, the number one, he always uses the term connect. He wants to connect mm-hmm. with everyone. You know, we want to connect with everyone. Anyone who's gone through anything similar to what we've gone through, anyone who might relate in any way, but we want to connect with that person on the street. Uh, we're not, I myself, I'm not aiming for academicans. I'm not aiming for uh, intellectuals necessarily. If they want to get into it, I'm, I'm flattered. But I'm aiming it for the kid in high school who feels lonely and isolated, who gets beat up every other day. I want them mm. to pick up the book and say, you know, I'm not alone. These people made it. They survived all that crap. Uh, there's a place for outsiders. I'm very concerned, as I think John has always been, with uh, the outsider. Uh, and to, mm-hmm. to give that voice, you know, and that voice often gets underrepresented. Uh, it seems more and more that voice is being uh, exterminated or, or they're trying to, or whatever the powers that be, don't really want you to hear that voice. So I feel like it's more important now than ever in our history that that voice needs to really scream out. And anything that we can do to help it do that is, is you know, I'm up for that. All right. Very nice. All right. All right. Very nice. Let's begin this journey, guys, to hear from you in terms of your book. Now, I know that it's an introspective work, all right? Mm-hmm. And as you share, it's raw, it's unfiltered, authentic, so I'd like to hear more. So who'd ever like to start? No, let's start with Mr. Hitchman. Please begin this journey for us. Share. Okay. Poems all right. Or short stories. Uh, th- Uh, This is going to be a a shorter poem. Uh, It's called Kid Sinister. Kid Sinister, you were a manic, frantic, polyglot, a sure shot in the parking lot, making sure the cops were not within earshot as the deals went down. You were a 100-watt bulb in a 40-watt socket. You were the vapor trail fading from a hastily launched rocket, an alchemical explosion when lava meets the ocean with that bigger-than-life sizzle going skyward. We loved your unhinged ways, the smoke you caused in those sudden flames, the passionate action of earlier days when you held a match to the stick of dynamite that threatened to blow us all away forever. That's the end of that one. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Actually, my friend, I'd like to hear that again, if you don't mind. Uh, okay, here we go. I'll try to make it All brief. Right. Uh, <laughs> no, don't make it brief. Kid, yeah. I want to hear it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, kid Sinister, uh, you were a manic, frantic, polyglot, a sure shot in the parking lot, making sure the cops were not within earshot as the deals went down. 
You were a 100-watt bulb in a 40-watt socket. You were the vapor trail fading from a hastily launched rocket, an alchemical explosion when lava meets the ocean with that bigger-than-life sizzle going skyward. We loved your unhinged ways, the smoke you caused and those sudden flames, the passionate action of earlier days when you held a match to the stick of dynamite that threatened to blow us all away forever. Now, you guys know my style. I like to ask questions. You know I like to ask questions. <laughs> no. What is, the purpose of that particular, <laughs> what is the purpose of that particular piece, my friend? Tell me more. Um. I was thinking about um, a lot of people from my uh, from my youth. Uh, mm-hmm. Once again, people that were living on the sort of on the edge, uh, kids that were experimenting uh, that you know dangerously in some cases, and, and in other cases just more experimenting with their mind or their spirit. Um, I also I have to admit I was thinking about John a lot with this one. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it, yeah. Yeah, I really was. Uh, I was thinking about John, too, uh, the way that he was, you know, living he, the way he does sort of live on the edge, lives life to the to the fullest being, you know, putting everything into the writing, uh, which makes it all the richer. But, you know, there's a price to pay for everything. Um, so I was thinking of all those things and um, it just came out as a tribute to sort of that type of person, that certain character, because they're always always interesting you want to know them even if it has to be from a distance uh you mm-hmm. want to know them it, you know they've got the oh, stories very nice so that's pretty much very it. nicely stated i like that i like that i like that john thank you thank you got a poem for us yes got a poem for us yes please share yes i do i mean you want me to read it now okay <laughs> I like it. <laughs> yeah, oh, I mean, God, I'm mean, going to talk about it. I'll start out with something a little I don't have all these sets. See, he brings all the classy. I bring all the trashy. So, okay. <laughs> it's all right, it's a classic mix, man. <laughs> right. Yeah, you never right. know what you're going to get because I'm a loon. So everybody knows it. But anyways, right. I'll, I'll yes, start off uh, a little. Uh, this actually, I'm going to start out with a, an outtake uh, from the book. Once I kind of wanted to deviate, because you know me, I want to give you something new every time. So I know. this is one, t- talking about that edge, this is definitely about that edge. And it's called uh, Shooting Up with the Stars. I always dread the sunrise to chase away the peace and silence of my night spent alone. Drinking with ghosts and destroying memories, but never the scars. Sometimes we devolve as quickly as we grow. As our hopes are buried with vices as lies embrace our truths. I am everything and nothing all the same. I fully understand my insignificance in the not so great order of things. You never truly appreciate anything until it's gone. That's the end of that one. There you go. Just brings the happiness right in the room. Well, I, I think I'd like you to do, to do the same thing, my friend. Share that again. Share that again. I believe in reading it. Okay. And then. Reading it again. Yes, sir. <laughs> all right. One more time with Leon. Wow, you, you're not a taskmaster yeah. at all. I'm all you know. <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> all right, shooting up with the stars. I always dread the sunrise to chase away the peace and silence of my nights spent alone, drinking with ghosts and destroying memories, but never the scars. Sometimes we devolve as quickly as we grow, as our hopes are buried with vices as lies embrace our truths. I am everything and nothing all the same. I fully understand my insignificance in the not-so-great order of things. 
you never truly appreciate anything until it's gone. Wow. And, yeah, yeah. I love that one. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful. And it's true, you never really appreciate it until it's gone. You know? That's right. Yeah. So as you think about the purpose of that piece, what are you trying to tell us, my friend? Uh, that if you want to get a life insurance policy, it's a great time because you can really, you know, everybody wants to go on vacation. So shit, hell, cash one in. <laughs> All right. <laughs> in addition to the Allstate commercial, what are, what, are you, what are you trying to tell us, my friend? <laughs> I just, you know, I like the edge. I mean, just like Kevin said, I mean, that's – um. When we started the book, it, it was in an extremely dark place, and now I'm just in such a happy mm-hmm. place. But now, I mean, I just I like the edge. I I, mm-hmm. I I live on it. It's real. That's what we are. That's what we pride ourselves with the press, and you know, that's what we do. That's what we both do. We we bleed on that page, good, bad, sad, whatever. It's there and it's real. So, anyway. so when you both think about writing poetry specifically. And I'd like you both to share, and maybe you've already done so in the past with me. But is a poem letting your guard down or building a wall? Okay, I'll take this first quickly. Uh, I think for me, most of the time, I would have to say it's letting my guard down uh, because mm-hmm. I think that's the um, that's the that's the part that people can relate to when someone expresses what's really going on with them, no matter how painful or how bizarre it might seem. But if you have the courage to let your guard down and 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 you're communicating, then other people will hopefully feel the same way. And how else do we ever really get information, real information? All right, you're on it, man. I like it. All right, all right, John, your thoughts? Yes. Uh, is, po- is it letting your guard down? I mean, I don't think I ever have it down. I'm like a kamikaze. I run head first into everything. <laughs> or right. is, is your right. guard ever really? Is your guard ever really up though? Ooh. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't. Okay. Think so. You never know. Who knows? Maybe I'm just like the greatest actor of all time. Who knows? That's never been employed. So, all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, Kevin. Poem or short story? Your turn. Okay, uh, this is going to be a poem again um, called "A Private War." A private war. It gets lonely in the trenches. Psychic ammunition running low. I try hard not to hate the world for its surprise attacks. In the wake of tragedy, people show their true colors. The battle is perpetual. Hate lingers near the sidelines, waiting to claim us. It becomes exhausting, attempting to explain when few have ears to listen. Assumptions isolate us further from the swarm. They go on living their glib lives. They feast upon a buffet of myriad distractions, becoming hostile when we refuse to humor them. I paint on my ready-made smile, doing all I can to swallow the bitter pill fate has handed me. That's the end of that one. Excellent. Yes, it was. I paint on my ready-made smile. Wow. Mm. You know, as I think that I think that the past few years, everyone is painting on their ready-made smile if they if they can. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what I Just mean? Just based like on COVID or yeah, what we've gone through yes, in terms COVID of the pandemic. Was, uh, yeah. 
Yes, COVID, yes. of course, yes. there's just, the, just everything, you know, just, just the, the turmoil that seems to be in the air, sort of. All right. <clears throat> Very nice. True, I agree. All right, John, please share. All right, I'm gonna. Uh, I'll, I'll read one. I'll be nice and read one from the book. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll read. Uh, uh, this, this is a you know a little bit a little bit longer piece. Um, it's called Paper Trail. With every publication leads to you, my dear. For what lay hidden, I yearn to embrace. Amuse is an overused phrase, and you are more an oasis from my mind's asylum. A rose to linger, a kiss to say goodnight. You're taking more than my heart with your flight's departure. Tears to clean the eyes and poems to pen for a lack of better, for a lack of closeness. I want to drink, and most of all, I simply want you. When I lay last within my final not-so-good-times reprise, you'll be able to find my passions for you with every love poem, like rose petals that lead to the place I shall remain. Never wait for tomorrow for what should be embraced today. Life is uncertain. Take the chance. For a passion embrace beats a cold night spent alone. Hello, my heart, wherever you've been. Embrace the now and bury the past. End of that one. Wow. Yeah, my Embrace like, the yeah, now and it. bury the past. Yes, it's beautiful. Wow. beautiful. There. Yeah, and the line about the, the was it rose petals, leave the rose petals where you've been? What did you say? What was that line again? Was that line again? Don't make me look these things up. How dare you? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you know you got to be on your A game, man. <laughs> Don't bring a C plus. Bring an A. <laughs> okay, Lee, okay, a B minus maybe, but not a C plus. Yeah. <laughs> what was the line about the rose spell? <laughs> they lead to the place I remain. They basically, you know, with me, it's kind of like it's like you know, it's Norwegian sunshine all the time. It has to deal with death. So it's like you know, okay. lead to the place I shall forever remain. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that you can guess where that is. <laughs> yes, yes, I can. Yes, I can. Okay. All right. Well, let's there continue. You. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this is a, a short piece called Scavengers. <clears throat> Scavengers. Bitter wind, a requiem for the lost, staring from the third floor window. No amount of contemplation can cure this affliction. The tall trees sway, branches burdened by ice. The sky is distracted by a coming storm. It will not bear witness. The crowd circle, the crows circle as my thoughts. We mate for life despite the consequences. We weather all until at last we lie frozen on the ground, never knowing who may or may not mourn our swift passing. That's the end of that one. Share another. Okay, let me find a brief one here quickly. Uh, okay, this one's called I Am Afraid to Touch You. I'm afraid to touch you, afraid of where it might hurt. I want to cradle you like a newborn in my tired arms and sing you to sleep, but fear stays me. This is a strange place. It's a night with no day. I go through the motions and move like a ghost through a maze. Repetition makes me sick. I am your nurse now. I make your tea and cook your meals. I pick up prescriptions and do the laundry. We do not speak of what we have lost. We watch the world soldier on as it would with or without us. And that's the end of that. All right. All right. John, 
<laughs> like going back yeah. and forth, John, Kevin, John, Kevin. Right, John. John, John. Favor us with Matt. two poems. Favor <laughs> uh, <laughs> us with two poems, my friend. Two poems, back to back. So you want two poems? Well, I was going to give yes, you. Sir. Well, my stuff's like a story anyway, so who, you know. Okay, all right. We're, we're all not right. keeping track. You know, I want a reason for you to actually have that little explicit sticker we got on this episode. So I wasn't going to mention it. Okay. You know, anyway. Uh, this is one that I'd love to make you aggravate because I, I give all this nice stuff and I'll just do something really naughty. But, you know, I expect a spanking afterwards for this one. So this is called right. Night of the Living Dead Fuck. It had been a month since we began talking online. Wendy was an editor for a soon-to-be defunct horror mag. I was a guy building houses and trying to become a writer. I was as hopeless as she was, but somehow we made a connection. And here it was a month later, and we were getting together for a weekend's escape from the mundane bullshit that were our everyday lives. Wendy and Truth was nothing special to me. A moment's release, and that was about it. I remember thinking how pathetic we both were, pretending concerned ourselves with one another simply to get laid. She read my writing. She told me it was miserable, and nobody needed to read that. I read hers as well and understood why nobody was ever reading hers either. I remember it was simple as, hello, how are you? Now let's rush off to a bed-type encounter. And after uncovering the most sacred of truths, I realized why she, perpetually, why she was perpetually single. She often wrote about zombies and things that went bump in the night. I wish she had been more like a zombie instead of an ice-cold corpse. She left me a book of hers. She wrote, I love you inside. We, were, we never bothered to meet again. Her pages were as dead as her passion and as hollow as her words. She never saw anything in me besides a means of to escape, and I, in return, never saw her again. Never meet the people behind the pages, so they say. I remember thinking to myself from my foray into the horror genre, man, if this is how all horror writers are in real life, I truly hold sympathy for Stephen King's wife. And that's the end of that little ditty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that end. That ending is great. Man. I, do. <laughs> I have to make everybody laugh, too. man. <laughs> I do too. Share another. Share another, please. All right. Here's a little little one to make you laugh as well. It got published recently. And a mag called, uh, uh, It Takes All Kinds. It's called Text Me Your Truths. She said, I think you're a little bit too morbid for my taste. Why do you say that, sweetheart? I quickly replied. I mean, on our first date, we met in the cemetery, so yeah. Well, I figure no matter the outcome, darling, the backdrop should suit the hopes of our relationship. I replied, as I felt a little bad, because in all truth, if that was so, I should have just paid her and met her in the back seat instead. The end of that one. (laughs) (laughs) I should write for Hallmark. You have truly been touched. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's the perfect time to segue into short stories. So, Kevin, you're on, my friend. Uh, well, I don't have any short stories in this book. <laughs> okay. Come on. 
I could give you a really longer piece of poetry that's kind of like okay. a piece of poetry. Okay, okay right. everybody, it's, it's kind of like a short story. <laughs> kind so of. That's what we, kind of. we advertise. <laughs> poetry, short story. Okay, <laughs> imagine this is a, is a short story. All right, Kevin. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This one's called uh, <laughs> um, birthday letter not sent. Uh, I want right. to think of it as a short story. Okay. Birthday letter not sent. <laughs> okay. 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 Focus. Focus. I am the okay. host. Focus. All right. Uh, here we go. <laughs> All right, mm. uh, birthday letter not said. Greetings, and of course, happy birthday. I'm sure it's mighty cold up there in Vermont. We had a brief tease of spring, only to be plummeted back to freezing. This is one of those days I don't work and am filled with a keen and aching nostalgia. We're so old now. How did the years slip by us so fast, filled as they were with joyous and horrible times? How did we get this far to nearly old age? Here you are, yet another year older, as I too shall be in a matter of a few months. I write you on your birthday because it's usually the only time you'll answer. I wonder how you fill your days and nights, not having many obligations left. I almost envy you that. You found a way to hide from most of the world. We have three cats now. I can't remember if I told you about the last one, but I probably did. It hasn't been that long, has it? My perception of time has altered greatly. It's hard to conjure my memories in a chronological fashion. Well, I must run to the store. I always have a little mom-and-pop convenience mart nearby. I quickly become friendly with the owners. I visit them mostly for cigarettes and soft drinks, but they're a connection to a world we once lived in. Even, though the gen- even through the gentle mist of sentimentality, I have to admit that that odd earlier life we shared was no easier to navigate through than this one currently is. That's the end. Oh, I guess like a nice. postcard, you know. What? That was that was that was short story like. That was short story like. You know, when I ask you, Kevin, you know, it's been a while since we've been together in terms of your being on the show. Um, yes. Does it hurt you to write poetry? If not, why not? Does it hurt? Those are the kind of questions I've asked. Yes, since uh, yeah, since okay. Um, yes, uh, yes. This book, especially your 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 timing is great because this one did hurt a lot. Uh, it's coming from okay. real life situations that I'm living in the moment. Mm-hmm. So, okay, it was uh, and some some of the poems came down uh, right when the uh, the events were happening. So. Um, yeah, it was hard, but you know, I really like that. I I I hope um you know, like 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 sadness um I don't know, you need it. And um what was I going to say? But anyway, yeah, I like it when it hurts. Uh things that hurt like some songs that are painful or movies that make you cry. I love that. Um you, that's what okay. you want to do. You you know, you want to move people and you you mm-hmm. know, sharing your pain uh provides you with the release and I hope once again, that it does the same for anyone who reads this book. All right, all right, all right. 
John, got a short story for us. No. A, a real one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You mean I went out and found questions to ask a short story writer? John, I'll read you a little deep, deep, deep cut. You can call it flash fiction. Imagine it flash fiction. I just flashed you, and now I'm going to read you some fiction. Um, all right, so uh, this, this a little bit deeper, right? I like we go with this transition, but why not? It's a train wreck. Who cares? Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, this is uh, this is definitely dedicated to people. I hope never read it. It's uh, it's called the two you never knew. To see yourselves in the eyes of a child is a strange vision and strikes anyone with a soul. As the truth is, I can overturn every rock, but I refuse to ruin the ignorance and bliss of a child's youth to suit my own ego. We were never meant to be, as your true parents, we were both toxic. But maybe there is hope in you never understanding the truth. Pages are my trade, and people are but an odd mystery. Love is an alien that lives somewhere out amongst the stars, and my truth is a burden I would rather allow to destroy me and scar anyone else. You both are my blood, and I, that ghost, you will never know. If told in my existence, it would do nothing but bring you pain, and there's far too much of that in this world already. You'll have many others bring you tears, and none will ever be intentionally brought upon you by someone as destructive as I. I view you both pure in heart, and that is how all children I wish could remain, as this earth makes its journey upon a bleak future's ever eternal setting sun. My heart remains with you both. There's nothing more I have to say at the end of that one. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, man, oh. that one plays. Yeah, yeah, nice. Very nice. Very, very nice, man. They all tell a story nice. in a way, man. The best right there is you. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes... There are no words, man, for power and truth and honesty and all those things, you know. Sometimes you need to allow something to just kind of marinate in your system. And that's one of those mm-hmm. times. This, this is one of those times. No. Indeed. Agreed. Yes. Mm-hmm. What I'd like to know before we do <laughs> go back to Kara, when, <laughs> when you think about the title of your book, mm-hmm. The Mirror Mask. Nothing. That really struck me. How did you guys come up with it? Actually, well, uh, that was that was John's title, yep. so I'm going to turn that over to him. Okay. Yeah, it always starts with the title, and mm-hmm. uh, for me, it was the image, and uh, it was very striking. It was the cover. I created the cover, and I mean, you know, it's just uh, it's the truth. <laughs> the mirror ain't gonna lie to you, so uh, no, I love the lie. title. And mm-hmm. uh, of course, I'm just not known for that anyway. <laughs> Neither one of us are. We kind of just give it to you <laughs> just the way it is. There's no like we're not trying to 
be the academic starling, that's for sure. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. No. All right. But All they, right. they're right. free to come along with the ride. They can come along for the ride if they want to, and I, and I think they should. <clears throat> mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Preferably bring their own alcohol. You're not getting mine. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> but the thing is, guys, when you mask nothing, that leaves you extremely vulnerable. It bears you to the world. That, that's the part that's hard for me, when you mask nothing. What do you think about that? Right. Really quickly, I okay. think that, yeah, that is, that's the most hardest thing we do. I think maybe John was thinking of that too, at least subconsciously, is that the hardest thing to do is to uh, face the world without some type of mask. I mean, we're kind of conditioned mm -hmm. to do that from, child, from childhood, you know. Yes. Uh, and I think, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's really hard. And, and, and that's a double-edged sword because it's really hard to look at yourself too. I really, really look at yourself without a mask. So that's why I like the title. I think that's why I love the title. All right. Very nice. You know, again, these guys, this is a calling show, and we've got someone waiting to ask you guys a question. I like to bring this person. Yeah, all right. All right. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> all right. Here we go. All right. <laughs> Area code eight three two. The first three numbers are eight zero two. You're on the air with Kevin and John. Good evening. Uh, hello. It is I, the real Kevin Hitchbum, and not the uh, editor formerly known as Scott Simmons. But I have a question. I'm doing well, but I want to know what is the texture and consistency that I'm going to get from your, from your writing, Kevin? Like, how does it taste? Hmm. Uh, okay, the texture is uh, – sorry, you want me to be – I have to be polite, Scott, because I'm, I'm, so I'm on Michael's show. Um, <laughs> yes, the texture, I would like the texture to be – I would text, like the texture to be somewhat crunchy, uh, with a bittersweet taste. Mmm. Mm. Okay. That is fine. All right. <laughs> well, I'm like, glad that worked. Yeah, no question. Yeah, you have a question for John Scott. Here's my question to ask you. What right do you think is the most sexy out of your newest book? That's that's Why? sexy out of my newest book. Yeah. Um, it, it's actually the one that that uh, it's banned. You, it, it's banned in most countries. So uh, you know, I can't even name it. It's that controversial. You'll just have to buy it and find out. In fact, there's one of those in every single book. So you should buy multiple, uh, and go wow. right now to whiskeycitypress.com and uh, buy everything we do. Because I'm pretty yes, sure you can find yes. copies and you're like, wow, John is the worst editor on the earth. And I'm like, yeah, that's true, but I got your money, so man, now. All right, gosh. Thank you, Scott. <laughs> Famous Scott Simmons. Thank you for calling in, my friend. <laughs> we have another caller. We have another caller. Mm -mm. All right. Bring this person on. Area code 804. The first three numbers are 519. You're on the air with Kevin and John. Good evening. Hello. Well, good evening, Dr. Ingram. It is a, a, a pleasure to hear you on the air and, and, and feeling so alive and well tonight. And 
and John and and Kevin. Uh, It's just a pleasure to to, uh, have something to do on a Saturday night um, that's comical and amusing and in the comfort of your own home. Yes, it is. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. I'm glad glad you picked this to listen to. Thank you. Yes, thank you. (laughs) Would you happen to have a question for these two poets? And short story, okay, these two poets. <laughs> All right, they have a question for them. <laughs> this is no I'm short, short story. But... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, sir, have a question for these actually, gentlemen? <laughs> actually, actually, I don't really have a question for them, but I just wanted to just tune in tonight, and, and, and I just want to uh, get some laughs and um, just be a part of this, this great um, online poetry uh, experience. All right. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you calling in. Thank you. All yes, right. you are. Thank We're going to take all. a brief break. We're going to take a brief break, and we'll be right back. I am Michael Anthony Ingram. I'm here <laughs> with Kevin Simpson and John Patrick Robbins. This is our very first Saturday Night Poetry and Short Story Special. <laughs> it is now time to hear a short story from somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody please share Kevin has them. He has them in his book. <laughs> Would somebody please share something? <laughs> <laughs> Hello? Go ahead, Kevin. Why don't you read from the, the, the earbuds? <laughs> Actually, you got Yes. Hey, Michael, can I ask you for a favor? Yes. yes, of course. I'd like to read. I'd like to read one of my favorite pieces that John wrote for this book, if I can. Oh yeah, that'd be fair. That'd be fine. Yes. Yeah. I'd love that. There you okay. go. That's even better because I don't have to read it. Okay. Well, I really like this one, and it really resonates. And um, a yes. lot of people that have that have bought the book have told me that they really think this one is spectacular, and I would I just kind of want to read it, um, be a little greedy and steal it from them. I just kind of want to read it. Is that okay? All right, then. Okay, all right. Okay, it's called Sunshine Boys, 7th Avenue. Sunshine Boys, 7th Avenue. Turning tricks and just trying to survive, it's all an act unless you can pay enough for it not to be. Needle tracks and cigarette burns, broken springs, and fragmented logic. 
When tomorrow is uncertain, the moment can seem like an eternity, a release, a paradise worth having at whatever the cost. Two to share a moment, as one must clearly chase that never-ending fix. Junkies are promised ghosts of tomorrow's future, as the true freaks mask their fantasies. Lean back, keep a lookout, and enjoy. Isn't it grand to explode within something just as empty as you? And that's the end. Oh, wow. See, I think that's real profound. I really just had to read that. Thank you very much, guys. Yes, it's that's beautiful. Familiar. I don't know who wrote that yeah. one, but that sounds very familiar. Extremely <laughs> profound. Wow. Wow. You guys really are. You are You are incredible. I mean, your work, again, is very deep and introspective, and uh, I like that about your work. You tell it like Thank it you. is. And dark. Thank you. And that is so important. We don't we don't hear enough of that. And I would agree. Yes. Yeah. Who would like to share next? Yeah. And well, I think yeah. John should, since I I just kind of read. <laughs> no, 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and read a John Patrick Robbins right. Uh, he's one of my favorite artists, and I cover his work often. I'll read I'll read one of these elongated pieces because I know you want one. So I'm going to give you one, Mike. Yes. <laughs> uh, you know. <laughs> I, uh, this is called uh, Smoke a Movie, Even If You Ain't Got Them. And it's uh, the last, my last right in the book. As I sit viewing the sunset over the Kortuk Sound, I realize I've chased something as empty and hollow as accolades and a bullshit literary scene. I believe I was always searching for acceptance in some form or another. I have lived a life, while at times more fitting for a movie, is all extremely sad by design. When you bank on a future's dreams, often you are met by the present's all-too-harsh pavement. And by the time you realize it's all turned to shit, you're too fucking old to change direction and start all over again. I drink knowing it's killing me. I drink simply because it's there, and so am I. And it pains me to remain long after the characters of my pages have turned into nothing more than ghosts. People read my words. They always have. Because of someone who sacrificed his existence for nothing more than ridicule and now virtual paper cuts. I have that ability to connect. It's a skill and a curse. Sometimes I view half-wits, all trying to do, for lack of a better word, attempt to copy my style. I view them like a reluctant parent viewing some bedwetter trying to walk around in his parents' oversized shoes, clunky and vomit-provoking all the same. I am never flattered by imitation, because in all truth, I had no choice traveling this road I stand upon. Is it hell being a writer? It's hell being real, let alone anything that stands out in this era. I view the sunset alone. It's hauntingly beautiful and largely ignored by most of me. I do not create our art. I pen truth that bleeds every ounce of fragmented soul upon the page. My ship's sinking, but truth is I embrace my demise, as others view it as merely a gimmick to win some ego-driven contest. The ink is almost spent, the well close to becoming dry. Still my voice is my own and my page is full of life I can scarcely recall. One day the sun will set upon us all, my friends. Leave your stamp upon this earth and not a single stone unturned. Embrace something, even if it's your own demise. 
Anyone got a light? It's the end of that one. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow, you know. Mm. Yeah. You're an incredible writer, John. Yeah. I know, yeah. I know, I know. You're an incredible Thank writer. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, See, I, I, I go back to my statement. I don't think his mm. guard's ever up. Do you? <laughs> no, I don't think so either. I don't think so either. No. You're incredible, right? I I keep saying that, but you are, my friend. Well, I, I appreciate it. It means a lot, man. You're a very talented writer as well. So, And a damn well, good I friend, both of that you. Too. Well, thank you. Thank you. I like hearing that. All, all those good things. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Well, what I want to know from you, John, is what is the most difficult part of your artistic process? Everything and the easiest part, and the easiest part, and the easiest part. Even one of those, living, you can answer even living all, living all the, uh, living all the words. That's the mm. hard part. You know, it's not. Uh, I kind of believe that you kind of got to gut yourself a little bit for every every page, every little kind of morsel on there. Mm-hmm. And you should, you know, if you if you want to create the kind of art I do, saying everybody's got a different style. Some people, you know, like I like to do humor, and but I mean. I'm probably working on one project that will be my last project uh, as far as poetry goes. You know, it's hard oh, really? to I'm not reading short stories now, but they, they're they a little bit too, um, let's just say that this would be the extra, extra explicit episode. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm working, I'm working on a novella right now. So, yeah, it's uh, – that's a little bit too much. As, as Kevin knows the subject matter in that one, that would be a little bit too much for anybody. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> yeah. Favor us, Kevin. Favor us, Kevin, with a, a, a poem. Short poem alone. Okay. Okay. Um, <clears throat> this one's called Holy Fool. Holy Fool. I will keep on loving those rapacious angels as they dig their nails into my hair, daring me to shout hallelujah. Same for those demons, scoping details of my sordid fantasies. They settle on me with savage glee just around midnight. We never need to lie to each other. Life is one endless barter until you have auctioned off your last hope. They can still visit, uh, you can still visit me. I have little left to offer, but we can mumble drunken reveries to that old God who has long gone deaf. That's the end of it. Wow. For either of you, if you were a poet during a different era, when, where would you want to exist? Uh, I'll take it quickly. For, uh, I think for me, um, I would want to be in the beatnik era of the 50s and okay, go from there. Talk to me. Uh, I, uh, because I think that, um, number I think they had more of an ear in society than poets do today. Uh, I, I may be wrong yeah. about that, but it, seem, it <laughs> seems like they had... Uh, I, I respect them because they made things happen, um, like sort of what we try to do, you know, to our 
to the best of our ability. Um, they made things happen. They got uh, attention for themselves. You know, sometimes it was comical, but you know, look how Ginsburg put himself on TV. He was everywhere. You you couldn't escape mm-hmm. him. People knew his name who would never read his books, but they had that sort of uh, real push, uh, and they were visible. And so I kind of think that even though life would have been probably very hard, much harder than mine has been, you know, here nat- uh, naturally, but I think that it would have been a fascinating era, a fascinating era if you could survive it and, and work with it. It probably would have been great. All right. But, All right. So, yeah, that's, you, that's mine. Oh, very nice. What about you, John? What, 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 what era would I like to be? I think I would like to be in the Iron Age where then I could be worshipped by the Scandinavian people as I wrote in Cave Walls. And then uh, they would refer to me as one of the Norse gods. That would be very nice for me. I, that would be my preferred age. <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> would you be Thor or Odin? No, uh, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. Loki. No, 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 no. I'm just uh, I'm trying to draw something out of you here. <laughs> to no, engage you. I'm the god of <laughs> okay. Yeah, John, he would he would have been John the Conqueror. John the Conqueror. John the Conqueror. Yeah, anybody, anybody knows my love for that, all that. But yeah, no, I mean, Kevin said it best with the beats. I mean, what better era could you be? Kind of when when. I mean, God, you could get in so much trouble, and I love to get in trouble, so it'd be perfect. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I had to agree with him there. Right it's like I can't really like. Oh, I got another error. It's like I can't count that high. So yeah, <laughs> we're, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> Kevin, yeah. favor us with a poor. Favor us with a poor, my friend. Okay, uh, this is going to be called. Well, this this is called. Um, hold on a second here. Your grief. I tiptoe around your bitter logic. If I stumble, I may never get up. I fear silence as much as sudden noises. They hold a violence that paralyzes. This bardo is quite barren. I am not a convincing martyr. I long for a place that may not exist. Your grief desires my total surrender. That's the end of that one. I'm sorry they're so short. You know, (laughs) that's okay. That's okay. It's beautiful. Beautiful. Your grief required. That's it. Last line. Not how big the poem is. It's how you read it, Kevin. Yes, exactly right. Uh, All right, man. Thank thank goodness for that. Thank goodness for that. Yes. (laughs) That last line again. Please share it. Your grief. Demands my. What did you say? What did you say? You almost, you almost have it, Michael. It's your grief. Sorry, your grief. It's your grief desires my total surrender. Oh wow! Mm. You know, just 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 when you're trying not to uh, not to give in to grief, or you're in a situation where uh, someone close to you is grieving, and it's hard mm-hmm. to handle that. How do you handle their grief and your grief? Uh, you know, so that that's kind of why I think that one came out the way it did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so mm-hmm. yeah, beautiful. Thank you, thank you. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's you been a great thing. Huh? 
Yeah, you guys maybe want to read one of my own, if that's all right. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Hold on. Hold on here for a second. Make me want to read one of my own. Yes, we're talking about slow. grief, and uh, I'll read it slow. <laughs> I'll read it slow. I will, but just for you. Hold on here. Well, John, you John, you read one while I look for one. Go ahead, please. All right. I'll read you a little flash. But I'm listening, I'm listening to go. yours, too. I'm listening, too, so go ahead. Oh, <laughs> okay. yeah, I'm multitasking. Go ahead, my friend. <laughs> all right. But here's another poem. Not, all right. This is uh this is called Lessons Learned. I remember you said to me, Let's just get out of here and go somewhere, start over with a clean slate. I toyed with the idea and kept pouring drinks for a lack of decent response. She loved me then, as she surely loves another now. Sometimes hesitation kills you as easily as wrong turns and false starts. The burden of sharing is always in the realization you never learn anything without a sacrifice of some kind or another. I have gained nothing but empty nights and hellacious vices. Whiskey ain't the only thing that burns going down, for regrets linger far worse. My advice, pay your tab and forget the empty faces and lost souls like myself. Don't forget to not look back now, you hear? That's the end of that one. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yes. Well, here's one from me. The title or the book, it, it, the poem is will be can be found or will be found in my forthcoming book, When Cherry Blossoms Fall on Black Skin. Hopefully, it'll be published sometime in 2023 or 24 or 25. I don't know. But this is the type. This is the poem. It's called The Morning After. Tonight, I murdered my life. Grief, my only friend in shock, fainted and fell to the floor. I was alone. Tomorrow, what would they do with my body? Grief, my only friend, still in shock, was unable to speak. Oh. Hey, man, we should have put that in our book, man. Yeah. yeah, that's 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 very um, that's moving. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, yeah, we I'm glad you shared that. Book, and we didn't write it. We should have. We would be in that... a little bit of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I just meant it. Really, it really, it really like kind of spoke to the things we were we were speaking to. I think, and uh, yeah, that yeah. was great, Michael. Well, I appreciate Excellent. that, buddy. You know, grief. My the, only friend. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Tomorrow, what would they do with my body? Mm. Grief was unable to speak. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't want to read anything else now, man. You just kind of... <laughs> <laughs> I <don't> think... <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you guys kind of inspired me. Show out from under us, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. You guys you know, inspired me. I take no. that as the highest compliment. Yeah, that's that's a great compliment. So yeah. Wow. Yeah. Thanks, yeah, Michael. That poem was awesome. Awesome poem. Yeah, thank you. Well, let's take a brief break, and we'll be right back. Hold on, guys. All right. 
right, we are back. I'm here with two of my favorite poets. And the new book, The Mirror Mass Nothing, is available now on Amazon.com. They're representative of more than just representative of Whiskey, Whiskey Press. They are it. So, again, I want to thank you both for being with me tonight. Uh, who'd like to share? A couple of poems, maybe a short story. <laughs> Whatever you like to share. <laughs> go ahead, John. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to lay it back down. No. Yeah, go ahead, John. Go ahead and try to read it. After all the publicity. <laughs> yeah, come back to the fucking Hey, we have another caller, guys. We got another caller. Let's bring this person on first. Okay. 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 You're on the air. Welcome. How are you guys? Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you. I'm Skyler Evans, and I I know both Kevin and John. But I wanted to ask. This question is for both of you. Do you have a piece that you wrote for the book that you really resonated with, but it didn't fit the flow of the book, so it didn't get published? And if yes, would you read it? Okay, let me take that really quick. Uh, no, actually, I'm sorry, Skaja, but every piece that I wrote for this is is in it. It actually started off as a manuscript I was going to do another book with, and then I realized that uh, it worked better with with this, so I really don't. Uh, John might, though. He probably does. I know, because we love to put John on the spot, because that's the, that's the <laughs> yeah. fun thing to do. I'm like, yeah, let's hand it to this album. Because <laughs> he'll act like a really bad child. Um, I mean, there's so many. Uh, let, uh, let's go with a little something that's, oh my god, this was not, yeah, this, okay, we can't read that one, so never mind. <laughs> Um, let's go with a little something that, uh, would have made the cut. It didn't because I always overwrite anyways. Uh, it's called Norwegian sunshine is, but endless days of dismal, beautiful rain where the earth's perfume is heavy within the air as salt to sea and the soil of those generations and a worship of earth's true brilliance as the wheel exists as truth ever so old sacrifice is made and the beauty embraced in spring's bliss to a harsh winter's decay. As there is life within the escaped fire's embers into the northern light sky, as madness as well. The magic is in the moment's existence, love within the moments, embrace the rains and winds alike. Skull. There you go. Wow. Thank you. Yes. That's right. I, you I know these two guys. <laughs> Well, I was going to ask which which piece you like to each other's, but Kevin beat me to it. So, <laughs> yeah, I'd like to give a special shout out. Um, Skaja has her own literary zine that's up and coming called "It Takes All Kinds," so she's also an editor. Oh wow! Poet is uh, editor, writer, artist. <laughs> huh? All right. right, a little bit of everything. Well, I. It, there's only one editor. I'd like to invite you to be a guest oh, on this show. Would you uh, like to be a guest on this show? <laughs> sure. All right. <laughs> I'll get the information from Kevin or John, and we'll I'll, I'll contact you, all right? Uh, sounds good. Thanks for the plug, Kevin. 
<laughs> all right, all right, all right. Okay, guys, you've got a couple of minutes more. Yes. Actually, it's the first poem. It opens the book. It's called Congratulations. Congratulations. You got what you wanted. You own a small part of this cheap town. It seemed to happen very quickly as soon as you shed the black leather for the guise of respectability. Don't think you ever had me fooled. I knew exactly who you are and what you would become the minute we parted ways. Congratulations. I wish you well. Just remember that you were not the first person to flourish in society after disowning me. Wow. True, true story there, man. True story. Well, they all are, but, you know. No, that was yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh. No, I mean, this is great, man. <laughs> you guys are hitting on all cylinders tonight. Can we get until 10 o'clock? <laughs> no. But, no. Uh, <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> like, I'm supposed to go through a short story. I'll get like one short story, I promise, Michael. Okay. Like, That's going to be the hardest thing to read. Poetry and a short story. That's what it should have read. But <laughs> well, John, do you need Kevin to read another poem to kind of you know get you you know wound up and ready and excited to deliver your short story? I mean, I'm always excited to deliver the story. That is all right. Um, <laughs> okay. You know, you you thought you well, what? So I will right. try to deliver a short story. Okay. Now, I like that. One that you asked me about a long time ago. You'd be like, what is, what is this fool talking about? And I'm like, uh, this is a, a little, I'm going to try, so please forgive me. I'm going to stumble through it. You're going to be like, man, this guy sucks. <laughs> No, no, no. I would never say that to your face. No, never. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I see why this is a special evening. It will never happen to you. I will deliver one short story, my favorite short story. It's called Your Life, Sally, Sally Gibbons. I think you know this one. If you know it, sing along. Why not? If, you, if Kevin knows it, read it, please. <laughs> oh, I, I might know it, but I'm not going to read it. Yeah, of course not. Uh, I, have to, I don't have here. it in front of me. Here lies Sally Gibbons. All right. Howard Waterfield kept watch through the window like clockwork. He never needed to ask someone's opinion of him, for he could sense it. So as always, he sat watching the neighbors hidden 
yet always observing them like the oddities they truly were. It wasn't that he hated people. They were simply alien to him altogether. And being his mother had raised him as a recluse, it just wasn't in him, in his nature, to seek out company. Howard was back at home for only about two weeks from Arbor State Mental Hospital, and already he yearned to be back in that cold, empty building. There was a peace in its separation from the so-called real world. There was a freedom in their sur- being surrounded by the insanity that made him feel more at home than, in, than the times he spent gazing out a window of his Aunt Maggie's home. Howard, are you, Howard, are you going for a walk today? Yeah, I am, Aunt Maggie. I'm just waiting until it's, what did the doctors tell you, Maggie said, as she cut him off mid-sentence. You have to stop thinking about everything. Everyone is against you. It's just part of your condition. Nobody's paying you any, any attention to you. Howard knew it was pointless in arguing, because when it came to his condition, there was never any arguing. Howard was deemed insane due to the fact he tried to end his life. But if one viewed life as Howard did, it was easy to understand why he did so. He was alone in every sense of the word. He knew something in his head was broken, but it was something no medication or psychiatrist's words could fix. It was a sadness that haunted his very soul and an emptiness for which there was no escape. But he understood the game for what it was. And he knew deep down inside this was the time, this time he wouldn't screw it up. It was on a cold day in December as Howard stepped outside into the bitter winds that always seemed to be against him, no matter what direction he was walking on. This godforsaken island, which served as his prison called Pinewood. To cross the street as his neighbors stared back, nothing was ever said between them. He simply existed to them a strange man who never cared to associate with anyone. And as he began his journey on the cold day, he felt in his pocket for the pistol and thought to himself, say something, you empty-headed inbred bastards. Just give me one reason to prove you all right and show this so-called world just how insane I truly am. But of course, nothing was said. So Howard simply made his way to the only place that felt remotely like home these days. Pinewood Cemetery was a place Howard had been coming to as a child, he loved its peace and had probably read every single tombstone in the place. It was fitting that it was here he would end, he would meet his end. And as he sat on that old stone bench where he had spent so much of his life hiding from it all, lost in books and stories of places he could only imagine, he would finally escape this prison of existence. This was the only place he didn't sense the hatred of others. He took the sub-nosed pistol from his pocket, sitting it beside him as, all it, as he also pulled a pint of Jim Bean from the other. He may be checking out, but he damn sure wasn't going to go out sober. The booze was the only small comfort he had, and although he was told it only fueled his depression, he could not stop returning to its fiery embrace. He kicked the pint back, consuming most of the bottle's contents in one gulp. He felt his heart pound. And at least in this moment, even on the verge of killing himself, he felt alive. Hey, dude, what's the occasion? A young girl who seemingly appeared out of nowhere asked. Howard was startled in her sudden appearance as he tried to quickly conceal the pistol, putting it back into his jacket. Uh, sorry, I thought it was long. Yeah, clearly. 
the girl who looked in her late teens said as Howard quickly got up. You know, they did they did come up with a new thing uh, a, with a new gathering place for drunkards called a bar. It's like all the rage. I mean, at least it beats drinking in a fucking cemetery, you weirdo. Again, I'm sorry. Cool, Sally said as she laughed out. I'm Sally, and I didn't ask about your personality, freak. So chill out, dude. I could give a fuck less what you do here. It's not like you're in, in my fucking house or anything. Howard just began to leave, and much to his annoyance, the girl followed him. So, like, why the fuck do you have a gun? What, are you afraid of zombies? Afraid of zombies will try to steal your booze? Howard stopped and turned around to face the girl. What gun? Why are you bothering me? Jesus Christ, man, the one you about shit yourself to shove in your pocket. The moment you knew you weren't, weren't alone. Hey, can I have a sip of your whiskey? I can't give you a drink. You're clearly underage. Well, I mean, I could scream rape at the top of my lungs. What the fuck is wrong with you? That's a great fucking question. Hey, at least I'm not a loser drinking by himself in a fucking cemetery, the girl, girl shot back. Look, just leave me alone, okay? I didn't know anyone was here. I just want to be by myself is all. Sure, just give me a drink. Look, I'm not going to give you a fucking drink, okay? Just drop it. Help, help, someone, Sally screamed out, making Howard wish he had just done like a normal person and simply killed himself at home. This this pervert just flashed his dick at me. Help. He quickly put he pulled the pint from his jacket pocket. Here, fucking take it. Just stop screaming. Sally laughed as she took the pint and quickly took a sip, looking at Howard with a devilish grin. God, you're a dumbass. Nobody can hear me, loser. Ugh. How do you drink this shit? No wonder you were going to kill yourself. I wasn't going to kill myself. No, you just brought a gun to the cemetery in case some mad teen rapist was on the loose, Sally said, as she busted up laughing at, at making Howard so clearly uncomfortable. You know, it's not rape if you yell surprise. Sally finally handed the bottle back. I'm Sally, by the way. Howard. So, Hallie, what's so bad you had to come here and off yourself? And please, don't say because of some bitch. It's so fucking unoriginal. Howard couldn't reply. He wasn't good at conversation in a normal setting, let alone to be talking to some teenage girl who had a mouth like a sailor and was so damn pushy it was annoying as fuck. Sally just looked at Howard. Um, hello, this is where you're supposed to reply, Howie. Will you stop calling me that? My name is Howard, not Howie. Aw, does that annoy you? Too bad. I don't care. Give me another sip. Just take the damn thing already, for fuck's sake, Howard snapped as he handed Sally what was left of that plastic bottle. Sally was taking great amusement in the awkward torture of her new friend. He was by far one of the most awkward people she had ever met. And as time passed, they kept talking. Although Howard kept thinking in the back of his head, he was glad the Pinewood Sheriff's Department largely did nothing but sit at the local store and guard the coffee pot all day. Because getting busted with an open container was bad enough, let alone being caught feeding a minor drinks with a handgun in his pocket. If people thought he was weird before, just wait till they caught wind of this of this shit. As they sat together on the steps of the entrance of that old cemetery, time quickly flew. God, this place is so fucking boring. No wonder you want to off yourself. Hey, can I shoot your gun? Are you fucking crazy? You can't shoot a gun off here. What, you scared you're going to kill somebody? Newsflash, they're already dead here, asshole. Besides, it only takes one bullet to kill yourself, you greedy bastard. Even Howard could not help but laugh at that one. God, you're such a bitch. I know, but at least I'm fun. 
so why were you why were you in the nut house? Were you hearing voices or some shit? Hey, you're one of those pervs, are you? Like one of those weirdos that steals panties at laundromats, take them home and snip them and jerk off or something? No, I gave that up weeks ago. Besides, we don't have a laundromat, so I just buy them off the internet like any other respectable gentleman. Gentleman. Cool. Well, don't get your hopes up, because I'm not wearing any, Sally said, as she stood up and looked down the front of her jeans. At least I think I'm not. Nope, I'm rocking commando, shit. So, cuckoo bird, you going to answer my question or just keep avoiding it? Howard stared off in the distance as he killed the last of the pint. It was a million-dollar question even himself he could not answer. <laughs> just what the fuck made him a miserable bastard? And although in a total screwed-up sense, it was here for the first time he actually felt enough at ease to speak me honestly, be himself. Damn, kid, I don't know why. I just cannot handle life. I only want to be alone on the deepest levels, away from everybody. God, dude, you're... God, dude, are you on your period or something? Suck it up. Life's empty. You want emptiness? Keep living. You'll find endless amounts of that shit. Besides, you probably just need to get laid or something. Howard cracked up at her brutal honesty. No matter age, Sally seemed to cut into the marrow of things far better than the doctors. And any head shrinks could, ever could. It was damn near sunset when Howard and his odd new friend parted company. And as he made his way home, the world didn't seem so empty as it had so many times before. He didn't know why the hell this misfit girl had stumbled across him. That often vacant cemetery. But he was grateful. The words she said as they departed still echoed in his mind. Howie, it's like this. We're all fucking nuts on some level, level, caught up in our own vices. And in reality, we are at times are too lost within ourselves to realize everyone else is stumbling through this shit, trying to figure it out all the same. We all mask our insecurities. And then there are the ones unfortunate enough to get labeled insane. And it scares the shit out of everyone around them because deep down, they all know how they could easily be labeled as well. She hugged him and ran off just as quickly as she appeared she was gone. Later, nutcase, she called out. She ran off, vanishing into the sunset. Try not to hang yourself in the closet tonight. See ya. That night was different for Howard. For once, he was at peace. And as he made his way back to that same cemetery, he had to admit to himself in the back of his head, he hoped to run into Sally again. But as the day passed, there were no signs of her. Only an older woman tending a small grave who smiled as he passed on his way out. Nice day, ain't it, sir? Yeah, it is. Are you visiting your family, son? No, I just came here to get away. Sorry. I know that sounds weird. No, it doesn't. My daughter used to always come here. I think mainly to get away from me or whenever she snagged some booze. She was such a character. I'm sorry for your loss. Howard felt bad for anyone outliving their child, let alone this kind woman stuck here on this bright yet chilly afternoon. They continued to talk, and the woman spoke more and more about her daughter. Howard couldn't help but get a strange feeling as she described her to him. Ma'am, you don't happen to have a picture of your daughter, do you? I feel like I may know her, have known her. I was gone for a while from this island. I never forget a face. Your daughter sounds familiar. Of course, here she is, the woman said as she produced an old picture from her purse. And as Howard took the picture, a chill shot down his spine 
as he remained in shock. Her name was Sally. Did you know her? Howard looked down to the small headstone that read, Here lies Sally Gibbons. She had apparently taken her own life at the age of 19. Nobody really understood why. Besides fighting with depression occasionally, she seemed fine to everyone around her. Seems her mask was far better crafted than Howard's own. Sally understood things far better, far beyond her years, and seemed to have sent Howard a postcard from the other side. Howard cried alone in his room that night for a kindred spirit and ghost of a memory he would never see again. Some people understood the sadness, and those were the people that truly understood Howard Waterfield to begin with. He never returned to that cemetery again, but he would never forget the sadness shared at that lone grave of his friend, Sally Gibbons, for the rest of his life. The end. Yes. Yeah, wow. I do know that one. I love that one. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> That's the first time I've read it. And that, wow, talk about pressure. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, everyone, listeners, we heard a short story. All right. <laughs> A beautiful short story at that. Extremely touching. Uh, Thank you, John. You're you're Thank very you, welcome, Michael. I would only do that for you because I promised I would read it for you one time, and I didn't know I'd have to read it tonight. But okay, Thank you. Well, <laughs> it touches me in ways that you'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> well, gentlemen, <laughs> wow, <laughs> Kevin, I'd like you to end the evening for us with a poem, if that's okay. Okay, you got one more to send us home. Lucky. Yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> okay. Let's see. I gotta find one here quickly. Oh man. Okay. Um. I'm, I think I'm gonna do. The love will never know. The love will never know. It is the one we expected. Stayed awake all night for. It is that one we thought we deserved. The love we'll never know is the one that we were told about. We often believe we have seen it in others who laugh as we cannot, who cry as we have never cried. Our doubts collect. Would we recognize it now, this late in the game? Did we fight for it with all the strength we possessed or just stand feeling lost as we watched it walk away? Did it phone while we were out? Was it the stranger who waved, a smile both foreign and familiar? How could we trust it coming on so suddenly, disappearing in a flash? The love we'll never know longs for us still. It will greet us at the end of our days, where it may sullenly wait in vain to return us to itself. The end. Wow. Excellent. <laughs> I want to thank you guys <laughs> for joining me tonight and sharing your work from your new book, The Mirror Mask Nothing, available on Amazon, from Whiskey yes. Press. Any final words, guys? Any final words before we go? Yes. Uh, I'd like to say 
great big thanks, Michael. It's always so much fun being on your show. Um, I'm glad you I'm glad you shared a poem of your own with us. That was very special. Um, a special shout out to Scott Simmons, who along with John made this book happen. Mm, all right, very nice, John. Yeah. Whiskey City Press. Any words from you? Uh, I, I, I want to thank you, Michael, for having me on. You look very sexy tonight. Kevin, both of you do. It's just a delicious <laughs> um, and I, I find all the ladies out there. I am thank currently you. single. <laughs> so lonely. So please. <laughs> <laughs> right. Send your message to Anthony Ingram. <laughs> 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 All right, everyone. (laughs) All right, guys. All right, guys. I want to thank you. I want to thank our listeners, as always. This was our very first Saturday night poetry. (laughs) One short story special. And uh, <laughs> that was a big one. So. That, was, that was a big one. That was a, that really was a big one. Yeah, <laughs> that really was. <laughs> I want to thank you again to all of you, the callers, um, everybody, and as I share every time I host this program, let poetry ring somewhere throughout the land. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night, John. Good night, Kevin. Stay out of trouble. Good, Good night. Mom. Thank you. All right. Quintessential Listening Poetry Online Radio is available on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. You can also check out the website at qlpor.com.